What is up, everyone? Hello and welcome back. We're in for another wonderful day with the Community Time Gaming Podcast. Welcome to the community-driven podcast devoted to discussing the latest and greatest from the world of gaming. Not only are we going to talk about games, but you, the viewer, are going to have the opportunity to get involved. Post comments live in chat on Mixer during the stream or call into Discord in real time and let your voice be heard. Gaming is about doing things together and this podcast is no different. If you can't make it to the stream live on Mixer, make sure you check us out via YouTube at youtube.com slash TV or any podcast service you deem worthy. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Daft, Striker, Charlotte, Fish, Crash. It's great to see you all. Welcome. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to touch on the fact that I had the opportunity to finish up Darksiders 3 this week, and man, it was really cool. Big shout out one more time to THQ Nordic for hopping in and giving me that sweet code, so I got a chance to review it. Uh, I'm going to work on that this weekend. It's going to be out next week. It's going to be great. Uh, I just wanted to, to share a couple of thoughts. This music's actually a little loud. Uh, I wanted to share a couple of thoughts before I kind of delve into that review. Basically... I only wanted to touch on the fact that it felt a lot like Dark Souls for just a moment, but it does feel a lot like Dark Souls. But overall, the combat was very good. It was very fun. The fact that you're able to uh, sw switch and swap out of the different elements, right? She has fire, lightning, force, and stasis was a blast. And the fact that you gather these abilities and then use them to traverse the world and then combat different types of enemies as you uh, continue your quest was very fun. Uh, my main gripe with the game, and I think this ended up being a big gripe for a lot of people, uh, was that, especially towards the end of the campaign, for those who were watching, I'm sure you saw that there were some pretty serious frame rate issues. Uh, we got into some spots where it dropped all the way down to as low as like 10 or 15 frames a second, which is significantly lower than you want to see. And then many more times than one, there were spots in the map that you literally could not cross a threshold without it freezing for a moment. Like it, it every time you crossed in, it, it tried to load the next area, but it would freeze. And so you'd stay there for four or five seconds and then you could move forward. And it didn't matter if you had been there just a moment ago, if you crossed back over said threshold and then move forward again, it would freeze again. And so every time you moved north, you know, for example, across this particular line, it froze and so that was a kind of a bummer that they didn't have it optimized on release uh, and it could absolutely be something that they get fixed through the course of patches over the next couple months i don't see this really as like a live game or as a as a game as a service i know there's going to be two packets of dlc but i don't see this as something that will like require weekly updates or, or anything like that like you know like a fortnite for example is a live game this won't be that but anyway, I'm going to write a much more comprehensive thing, and we'll make a video of it. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and that'll be up next week, so I'm very excited. Uh, but first, let's get into some news. I'm sure that some of you heard about this, and I'm almost I'm almost to the point where I kind of want to not talk about Fallout anymore. But Fallout 76 had another wonderful story this week. Uh, it was, for those who missed it, Fallout had a couple of collector's editions that they were selling as a part of fallout 76 and one of them was called the fallout power armor edition and it came with a couple of different pieces of gear it came with the fallout uh helmets you know the the power armor helmets i think it was the 51b i think it was called or 50-b helmet and then it also came with the with the satchel or a sack or a bag a backpack or i think it was a duffel and on the picture that they showed everyone you know this is all the stuff you're going to get with your collector's edition it called it a canvas bag and we know what canvas feels like. It's thick, it's sturdy, it's uh, you know can take a beating and some wear and tear. Uh, then, when players received their collector's edition, they got a very thin 
nylon bag. They did not get a canvas bag, they got a nylon bag. This is not great. It's not cool ordering one thing. I wanted this, this canvas bag as a part of this $200 collector's edition. And I got this cheapo nylon bag. And uh, someone actually posted, they emailed Bethesda and they posted their responses. And they're like, yeah, this is, this is false advertising. This isn't what I paid for. What are you guys going to do about it? And they pretty explicitly said, we're going to do nothing about it. So let's, uh, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into this IGN article real quick, just because it gives it a little bit more context than I can do. So this is, uh, this is by Shibana Arif over at IGN. Fallout 76's $200 Power Armor Edition shipped with a bag of cheaper quality than promised. The Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition included a number of goodies for players to enjoy, from a wearable T-51B, that was what I was trying to go for, a helmet to a canvas West Tech duffel bag. But as we discovered in our unboxing video, the duffel that was shipped was a cheap nylon replacement, and players who dropped $200 on it aren't happy. They're even less ecstatic with Bethesda's response, which has been to offer $5 in in-game currency to make up for it. $5. $5. There's a whole thread full of disgruntled customers on Reddit via Kotaku. Twitter used Lantern Cupcake, which is a, a user, uh, is amongst many of the ticked off players and contacted Bethesda to get answers. The company replied by saying, due to unavail unavailability of materials, the canvas bag was switched out to a nylon one. Given the ire in the community, it seems that customers didn't get notified of this prior to shipping. Uh, so... An official statement followed on Reddit essentially saying the same thing. Since then, the publisher has spoken on the issue again, tweeting that it understands that there was a, quote, disappointment with the bag and that it would be offering players 500 atoms as some measure of comp compensation. That's $5 of the in-game premium currency, as one user Reddit user pointed out, is enough to buy some flowers and a door. It is not, however, enough to buy the in-game canvas bag, which costs 700 atoms. So it's like, it's as if Bethesda did literally everything they could to keep canvas bags out of the hands of their players, which feels like such a bummer. Now, this is obviously the, the uh, danger when you're going to buy a collector's edition, when you're going to pre-order something, you don't truly know exactly what it is you're getting until you get it, uh, but man, Talk about being so tone deaf with your players. I mean, obviously everyone's so upset and so mad and you want to give them, after spending $200, you want to give them what amounts to $5 of in-game currency. I can't imagine a better way to tick off your players and have them not come back to your game. Uh, I was listening to Kinda Funny this morning and they brought up the idea of like, why not just give players a bunch of in-game currency. Give them $50, give them $100 worth of in-game currency because in truth, as a developer, it costs you nothing to give players that kind of currency. It costs you $0. But now if you've given players this big chunk of money and they go in and they spend it on cosmetics that are meaningful, you know, $100 worth of in-game currency can get you some cool stuff, right? You know, lots of skins, lots of, of extra stuff. Maybe that extra stuff keeps them enticed long enough to stay in the game and see it through to where hopefully it's improved. Maybe they stay long enough to say, hey, the, the stuff that I bought with this $100 worth of free currency is enough to justify me buying maybe another $50 worth of currency, maybe another $10 worth of currency. Like, I feel like that would have been such a better idea to give them an actual carrot on the end of the stick as opposed to a little tiny little 
little little smidgen of a carrot and then start whacking them with it right that's how i feel this this went for the people who got the $200 edition it's really really unfortunate now the argument could be made that people who were who bought this this $200 edition they generally weren't buying it for the bag you could say like they definitely were buying it for the helmet and they got the helmet at full quality like it's not like the helmet was made of thin plastic or anything like it it was what was advertised and so that's good and that's really the reason people went in for it where the bag was semi-secondary so that argument could be made, and I'm sure there's not not 100% of the people that, that got this are totally upset. But a lot of people are making a lot of noise. And in a time where Bethesda is really at the top of every newsreel for bad news, I feel like they really could have... They could have sat in a meeting room for more than five minutes and thought of a much better response to this. What frustrates me is just that. like, This is a company who's been doing this for a long time and is pretty in touch with their community... And they couldn't bring 10 people into a room and say, you know what would be a good idea? I think we should give them $5 of atoms in-game because that's what people want. That's what make, that's what'll make people feel better. Uh, I just I can't imagine that. That's just see, that's such a bad idea. Anyway, so that's the latest with Fallout 76. No real word on, uh, on when, if, uh, we, I mean, sorry, I, I, I started that sentence incorrectly. On December 4th, they do have uh, a, a, a patch coming in that's going to make some changes uh, to how the game plays. We talked about that one last week, or maybe it was last episode, uh, about some changes they're making to the gameplay, some patch or fixes that they're making to some bugs, and then uh, the following week they're going to be changing the way the building works a little bit. So they are making changes, but man, they, I feel like they could have done so much better considering all the hate that this game is getting. Like, There's so much that needs to be done. Now, if, if you guys remember a game like Siege, it came out in a pretty bad state. And pretty immediately, Ubisoft came out and said, like, hey, like, yeah, we need to, we need to improve this game. This, this, not, this game is not where it should be. The same thing happened with For Honor. Uh, and I feel like those were all handled pretty well. But think about how much time it takes to really fix a game. It took more than a year for Siege to get to where I feel like it is now. It took more than a year for For Honor to get to where it is. It took about a year and a half for The Division to come back. Crash brings up No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky took like two and a half years to get to where it is uh, relative to when it when it launched. Like One other thing that came up on Kind of Funny today is, is what happens at the Bethesda conference at E3 next year. Like, So they got up on stage early this year and said like hey we have this amazing game for you and it's gonna be so great and you guys are gonna love it so much and it's so much better than anything we've ever made before and look what we got so how can they with any with any clarity of conscience come up on stage and tell us that this was a success and we should trust them for the next quote-unquote success as well i'm very curious to see how this pans out are they going to release any sort of major uh, uh fix by then you know they, are they going to get their next quote you know their next update like no man's sky had their next update and it really changed the game it really brought back full circle everything uh that had happened over the last couple years is is fallout 76 going to have that that big update anywhere close to in time i don't know so for now we just have to sit back and wait for now i've got my fallout 76 on the shelf i'm playing other things and i i'm i want this game to come back i want it to i want it to be a success I love it when games work hard to be good because that that's a win for everybody. But we'll see. Crash says similar to Destiny One at E3 as well as Watchdogs. So I don't remember Watchdogs, 
But Destiny 1 absolutely had to come back and say, hey, there were some very serious issues with this. And that's when that's when the Taken King came out, and then Taken King freaking killed it. And then Rise of Iron was also excellent. So it's, it's, it's completely possible. I hope that they do it. They're not there yet. Obviously, it just came out. And so I, you know, I want them to have to be that success story. So we'll see. Oh, okay, so Crash says, we had some amazing looking footage of Watch Dogs at E3. Got something different uh, at launch graphically, among other things. Uh, the Division from Ubisoft was another really good example of that. I don't know if you remember watching the initial trailer for The Division 1, and it was stunning. It was really cool. They had all these gadgets. They had all these graphics. And it didn't look nearly as good. And, like, half the gadgets that were in the trailer were gone. And the entire, like, aesthetic changed. Now, I'm not saying that the Division is bad. I've put a lot of hours in the Division, especially since they've updated it so meaningfully since launch. But, man, the difference between E3 trailers and release was was huge. Uh, we actually talked about that on the Hardcore Casuals podcast a number of, uh, of months ago. Make sure you check that out. Uh, we are on thehardcorecasuals.com. Uh, all, the, all the podcasts are posted there. I do that podcast weekly with It's Me, Manny C, and Buddha Will. Uh, that is a more long form, like what we've been playing, how we feel about it, and then also some news stories uh, and other relevant topics as well if you guys want to go check that out. Blue Baron asks if I know War Thunder. I do not know War Thunder. Sorry, man. So moving on, uh, we did get a little piece of news, a little tease for next week. So for those who don't know, the Game Awards are next week, kind of a, an Oscar-style award show that is voted on by a lot of uh, major industry professionals, so developers and uh, journalists and enthusiasts and sh- you know co- uh, show hosts and podcasters and every one of these people that kind of specialize in bringing you games gets to vote on these awards and things like best game, best action game, best. Uh, uh, RPG, uh, yada, yada, yada. You know, all the awards that you would see in an Oscar-style show we see here. Not only do they treat it as an awards show, they also treat it as kind of a small announcement platform because we have so many thousands of people watching these awards. A lot of announcements are made at this show. Uh, we're looking at more announcements probably this year than last year than ever before. And it was announced that there will be an announcement from Obsidian. So for those who missed it, Obsidian is the developer who made Fallout New Vegas, and they're also uh, responsible for the Pillars of Eternity series uh, of RPGs, and they have announced that they will be uh, releasing information on their upcoming game franchise. It's a new franchise, so it's not going to be Pillars 3. It's not going to be the next Fallout, but having recently been acquired by Microsoft, it's very exciting to hear what they're going to have to say because it's, it's well, you know, in all likelihood, it's going to be a Microsoft exclusive, which is really cool. Uh, so, in a tweet from uh, Jeff Keeley, who is basically in charge of the Game Awards, he is the Game Awards, he says, Don't miss the global premiere and announcement of the upcoming RPG by Obsidian and Private Division at the Game Awards, streaming live everywhere next Thursday, December 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Hashtag worlds will change. So, I- I'm just telling you guys here right now, on Thursday of next week, on December 6th, that's going to be my stream. At least for a portion of it, for a for a period of time during that, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop playing games on stream. I'm gonna pull up the stream of the Game Awards, and we're gonna sit and we're gonna watch that together. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to do that with you. We do have permission from the program to stream it, so we don't have to worry about any sort of rights issues at all. Uh, so we're gonna hang out. I'm just gonna sit here on screen, and we're gonna watch it together. We're gonna see some trailers. We're gonna see some announcements. We're gonna see some awards. It's gonna be a good time. So. Uh, hopefully I will see you guys there. Remember that'll be on uh, Thursday, December 6th 
uh, and it's going to be a fun time. So I'm excited to see what uh, Obsidian has to show us. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Next here, Bioware has officially teased a new Dragon Age as a part of Casey Hudson's November blog post. So a couple months ago, Casey Hudson, who's the kind of the director of the Bioware studio, started releasing monthly updates not only to Anthem, but kind of like what the studio is up to. Take it easy, Blue Baron. Have a, have a good day. I don't know why this isn't loading, so I can't read it, but thankfully I copy-pasted the main thing here. So as a part of this, he kind of tells you what's going on with the latest from uh, the latest from the studio, the latest from the Anthem team, but also kind of other stuff that's going on. And one of the major quotes that we got out of it, besides the fact that Anthem is now in a position where it can be taken home by developers, uh, we got a quote that says, if you've been following these blogs or myself and Mark Dara on Twitter, you know we've also been working on some secret Dragon Age stuff, said Hudson. Dragon Age is an incredibly important franchise in our studio, and we're excited to continue its legacy. Look for more on this in the upcoming month, though we won't tell you where to look. So very exciting. We could be getting new Dragon Age news. One thing I would probably uh, warn you about is this doesn't say get excited what's going to be a, a the next mainline Dragon Age title. Uh, according to what has happened many times over the last year especially, this could easily be something that we don't expect it to be, like come in a form that we don't expect it to be in. So it could be a mobile game. It could be a card game. It could be a number of different uh, formulas for the Dragon Age world. It could be a comic series. It could be something that is not a mainline title. So I just want everyone to temper their expectations and make sure you kind of take the information as it comes, uh, and we'll see what happens. I've just seen so many people disappointed with their favorite you know story their favorite world coming in a different version than they may have expected so uh hopefully that hopefully it's a mainline title i would love that i mean the last one we had was dragon age inquisition that was what 2013 ish i believe dragon age Inqu uh, inquisition uh, da inquisition when was that dragon age inquisition was november 18th 2014 it was a year off but, uh, you know, I would love to see one. Obviously, that game was big. It was beautiful. It was sprawling. It had cool combat. Uh, you know, it definitely had its faults, but that was a pretty cool game. And I would love to see another big RPG, especially with one that's, you know, character-driven. It's got some loot to find. It's always, it's always nice having interesting quests and such. Uh, I would love to see more. Daff says, I'm also so damn excited for Dragon Age and Mass Effect news. Mass Effect made me, quote, love games. So I remember, we're going to talk about this for just a moment. I remember uh, playing through the Mass Effect series right after I had graduated college. So this was in the, the summer of 2012. And I had finally moved out of the apartment that I had been living in for three years with my roommates in college. I was in a new apartment where I finally had my own room. I had been sharing a room for three years, four years. So I finally had my own room. I had my own Xbox and I had my own TV and I was able to play it you know, by myself and uh, I had this, I had plenty of time by myself because my girlfriend and I's, you know, she's my wife now, but she was my girlfriend then. Uh, so my wife's work schedule was basically opposite of mine for a while. And so I had a lot of time to myself. And so in compensation for that, she actually got me the Mass Effect trilogy for Xbox 360. And so I hadn't played it before. I was definitely behind the times on Mass Effect. At that point in my life, I didn't really keep up with a lot of gaming news because I was just really into Call of Duty. We played Call of Duty Black Ops for months and months and months in my apartment. Like, you know, uh, uh, Modern Warfare 2 as well as Black Ops were life-changing for us college students. So that was those were good times. 
But yeah, playing through the Mass Effect series, I played through one. It was good. It was obviously a little clunky, but the story was very, very interesting. It was very cool being in such a fun and interesting sci-fi universe that really changed the game when really all I had experienced of like good space stories was Star Wars and Star Trek. So this was very cool to be able to experience something different. Uh, and then I got into Mass Effect 2. And I think you all know just the enormous leap in quality between Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2. And you see all these different characters and all these different faces from different corners of the universe, from Morden Sullis to uh, the Krogans to uh, uh, all the different characters. I, man, some of the names are even slipping me now. But you just see all these different faces of these different pieces of the universe, and they, give, they tell such an important story. And you, you come to grow a relationship with these characters as Shepard, but then also as yourself. So that by the time you get to Mass Effect 3, and you now have you now have gone through all the trials and tribulations of Mass Effect 2, because basically in, in ME2 you go on this crazy suicide mission, expecting to not come back, and you end up you end up making it. But man, it was you had to go through hell to get there. So I uh, uh you know, playing through three. Mass Effect 3, I remember very specifically the, uh, the special scene with Morden Solus, Solus when you had to go fix the, uh, what was it? It was like a virus on the Krogan home planet that made all the Krogans uh, much less fertile. And Morden Solus sacrificed himself in order to fix this, this virus that they had released. And I swear to you, that was probably the first time I had ever cried at a piece of media. I hadn't cried at movies, really. I never cried at a video game. The moment when Morden Solis sacrificed himself on that, oh my gosh, like that hit me like a ton of bricks. Jesus Christ. Yes, he sang to himself a little bit as he was typing on the computer. And then right when the explosion happens, it puts on that classic soft Mass Effect music that used to be on the uh, title screen of the first one. And it was just like, oh, that, that scene, if you can go look it up on YouTube, it's somewhere. Holy cow. It was it was something else, man. Daff says, The suicide mission sequence remains my favorite gaming moment ever. Any one of your crew could die if you screw up. 100%, dude. And there was no going back. If you didn't make the right decisions, if you messed up a call, like they were gone, and they weren't going to be there with you at the end of the game, and there was no way to bring them back if you wanted to keep that character, unless you wanted to start a whole new play over and hit the reset button on the universe. But, man... That was it was serious stuff and it was so it was so real because you had spent so many hours with this crew with them by your side being able to to bring any one of them with you at any time and then you bring them all with you on this mission and all of their lives are at stake all of their lives are are at the will of your decisions and it was just so brutally honest and interesting and man very very cool I think that's why some people feel like Mass Effect Andromeda didn't quite connect because they were expecting to feel that same level of connection and that same level of, of uh, uh, empathy with the characters in that when they really couldn't, when Shepard was gone and the characters that we fell in love with weren't there. And they wanted to have the same relationship. It, it takes more than one game to establish that, and Mass Effect showed us. Uh, obviously, the animations and the technical pitfalls didn't help, but... We'll see. I still haven't played uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. It's sitting on my shelf. I got it for $12 like six months ago, and I never ended up jumping in. It's one of the ones that I definitely want to try, especially now that they gave it a 4K overhaul. 
So uh, it is now Xbox One X enhanced, 4K HDR, all that, all that good stuff. Definitely worth uh, uh, checking out. Uh, the Mass Effect Andromeda there, NKWO, is the one they gave the Xbox One X enhancement to. Uh, Daft says, it was Mass Effect 1 to me again. I still really enjoyed the game personally. Okay, Daft. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. Definitely worth uh, checking out. I think it's one of those ones that if I ever... Uh, there's going to be a time in my life where I'm not streaming as much anymore. And I'll just have a night where I don't have anything to play. And that's when I'm going to pop in Mass Effect and I'll play through it then. That's probably... That's, that's my guess. So we'll see. Yeah, NK says, nope, that will be never. <laughs> there will never be a time where you're not streaming and you have nothing to play. It's true. It's true. There's always something coming out. And I think this year is uh, is no exception to that. I don't know why I clicked out of this. There we go. There we go. Good. So, finally today, I didn't have a ton of, of super news. Oh, you'll speak on Mass Effect? Hop into the uh, Discord, man. We'd love to have you, Bolt Striker. We got the lobby open right now. I, I changed the names of the of the channels to the lobby and the gym to make it a little bit more clear which one you enter into and then which one the magic happens in. So, anyway, while you're uh, while you're hopping in, we'll move on to the next topic because it's not entirely different. I just wanted to touch on the. Oh, here he is. Never mind. Holding on. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bolt Striker ninety four. How you doing, boss? What's going on? What up, huh? Hey, man. <laughs> How are you? Doing good, man. So tell me what you think. Honestly, you, I mentioned before, I am a big old Mass Effect fan from like the original 360 days. Yeah. Like that was my cup of tea, man. Like if that's like if gaming was like a drink, that would be like Coke Zero to uh, to like root beer almost. Wow. So it's just I, miles away. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So, did, so did you play Andromeda? Um, I did. Okay, and tell me your thoughts on Andromeda. Honestly, I didn't like the story of Andromeda because mostly there wasn't as much spoke on on Commander Shepard, who was who's literally the epitome of badass. Sure. In a way. Yeah. And. And I just loved the whole story of the Reapers and like and like an entire solar system coming together. You okay. Know? Well, I mean, it's important to remember, like I mentioned before, like we had we had three games of Mass Effect to kind of develop the story of the Reapers and develop who Shepard was and what his relationship with the other aliens was. And yeah. so I, I felt like it was definitely kind of a far cry for people to come into Mass Effect Andromeda and to expect the exact same level of connection. Yeah, but I yeah, I do love the that they added new species. Okay. And uh, that there was more survivors, like like uh, before, like it was before. Um, uh, I think it was after Liara or the or the destruction of um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Alderaan. What was it? Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I started die. <laughs> Almost got you. Um, it was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it was one. It was the Asari homeworld. Okay, yeah. I think. I think I know what you're talking about. But, um, but I do, but I, but I'll admit I did like Tachanka, and um, I actually listened to um, 
the Mass Effect 3 soundtrack because that's personally my favorite soundtrack. Dude, I uh, I listen to the Mass Effect 3 soundtrack at work all the time. The couple opening tracks on that with like the big Hans Zimmer just blah, like they're super yeah. cool. Definitely recommend for anyone yeah, who's but, listening to this right now. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the Mass Effect 3 sound soundtrack. Um, it's got some really really great yeah. tracks on it. Really, some really good for work and some even really good for like working out. Uh, definitely yeah. worth checking. Um, yeah, I li- I listened to a lot of the uh, Future of the Krogan because that was because for me that's like that's like me in a nutshell, you know? Because because um, my because my entire life has been a wreck, you know? Mm-hmm. Since uh, since my mom passed and I'm sorry to hear that, like man. That. Passed away on Christmas of all days. Yikes! I'm so sorry to hear that, dude. Thank. But um, but I, yeah, Mass Effect Three. That was like my all-time favorite game on the 360. So, how did you Never feel got... about the controversial ending of that game? Honestly, what like what like the good ending thing or like the endings in general? Well, I think I think it it was not one particular ending that made people mad. It was kind of how all three endings in general were kind of not very different from each other. Um, I would say, I would say when, um, it was during one of the, um, I think it was one of the good endings where, um, where you had to destroy the Reapers. Uh-huh. That yeah. sort of left a bad taste. Because we all thought Shepard was dead. Uh-huh. And, um, and when they rolled the rubble of the, uh, Citadel and showed, um, it showed like um, the uh, what was it? it showed like his dog tags and and that had that breath. So the one time that I went through it, I played through the ending. I think I did. You have the choice of either you know go left and uh, or no, go right and destroy the the reapers, or go left and become one with the reapers. And yeah. I think there was a third one that said do nothing or something like that. And I I decided um, I decided it would be interesting to go left and like mo- you know blend with the reefers, you know become one with them and like I think I think they wanted a leader if I remember correctly. So it was like take control uh, take control of them, I think it was. Um uh, maybe maybe the reefers so. didn't want me to, but the the citadel gave me the ability to control the reefers. Anyway, so I I decided to go with that ending. And the ending, the only part of the ending that I really remember was uh, destroy, merge, or control. There you go. I think I went for control. And the only real part of the ending I remember is that, you know, Shepard goes in. You don't really see him very much. The uh, The Reapers leave because, you know, Shepard told them to leave. And then your crew lands on a, on a you know, a faraway planet and they're stranded there and it's all green and pretty and, and that's Right, the right, right. So I mean yeah. I, I I may have not really understood well enough to to not like it. I played through it. And I'm like okay cool like you know it's over it's fine, uh, and I didn't I never really went back to play through again. So yeah, I tried I tried going for all three endings things because you know I'm a completionist and all that and all that. I even tried most of the romance scenes. Oh yeah, like, yeah, and and the one that sort of that's that I sort of loved was um, the. Um, was between the romance of uh, Mayo and Liara. Who were the two? Like Sorry, you cut favorite. out for just a moment. Who are you, who'd you say? 
um, of the the male Commander Shepard okay. and Liara. And Liara. Interesting. That felt like uh -huh. one of the one of the more I don't know easier ones, I guess. Because you could have gone, um, you, you could have gone really weird with it. You could have got, you could have done some, you know, him with with uh, Tally. I think you could do, yeah, Tally all the way says Dab. Uh, and you could have been, fe you could have been, you could have been Femship and, and done with some of the other female characters. Like you could, you could go any direction. Thank you, Crash. Thank you, <laughs> Ashley for, for me. Crash Jesus. says, Crash says Ashley every day. I yeah. mean, she was she she felt like the the one that the game wanted you to get with. She was kind of the obvious choice there. That's for sure. Well, I mean, I tried on my on my third playthrough, so it's Ashley. I mean, if you if you wanted to romance these people, all you had to do was just keep talking to them, right? Um, yes. Or if you have a continuation from um from like Mass Effect One and uh, and Two, then you can pick up from from that. There you go. Easy peasy, man. Crash says she was a constant, yeah. though, the three games, if you played it right. Oh, yeah. So when you have Ashley once, you can have Ashley every time. Hey, oh. Yeah. Nice yeah. job. And, um, yeah, I think there was also Miranda. I think Crash also. Um, yeah, Miranda mentioned. was definitely in, too. I'm sorry. I'm much. I'm not much of a stickler for Miranda. No, you know, I she mean, seemed like a good-hearted person. She was just on the wrong side at the beginning of two, but by the end, she was on your team. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's attractive as heck, you know. I mean, God darn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> you guys and your video game girlfriends. Come on, come on. Quit perpetuating <laughs> stereotypes. Sorry. Sorry. That's all right. All right, man. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next story. But is there anything else you wanted to drop on us about Mass Effect before we move on? Um, all I'm hoping is that Mass Effect Four happens. It did happen. Mass Effect Andromeda. Well, I mean, like the next thing, the next thing for Mass Effect. Because so Andromeda Two. To die, you know. Well, I mean, Shepard had to end. That story had to come to a conclusion. We can't have him indefinitely. That's true. I mean, like, have like, I mean, have like. A, con a continuation for like um what what was the main character Ryder in andromeda i didn't play andromeda i think or if, oh thank you crash yeah yeah crash did confirm that for me okay and uh like have that like have Ryder meet like some of commander shepherd's old crew you know okay i mean heck find the original normandy you know who knows man i mean it's, it's absolutely possible and i i i'm 100 sure that Bioware has a memory, and I, you know, we've seen them with Dragon Age, especially, know that you can reach back into older games and make references to those games, and so yes. it's 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 almost a certainty that we will see pieces of that old series when we get into you know further into Mass Effect. Yes. So we'll get there. I'm hoping. I have my fingers crossed, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been long enough. We're probably at a point where we may even consider thinking about Mass Effect Andromeda 2 for E3 2019. That is true. That is true. It's possible. You know, they are very busy with Anthem. It's possible. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah. It's it's po You know, it, it it could be two very different teams. I know. I know. In this exact moment, right now, everyone's kind of all hands on deck to make sure that Anthem is is QC'd to death, which is good. Uh, yes. 
And according to the, just like Jason says, according to this new uh, uh, announcement, it's likely that Dragon Age may be coming coming sooner than any sort of Mass Effect. But I'd like to think that that if we're going to get a Dragon Age announcement next month, hopefully by E3 we can get a Mass Effect announcement. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping for one. I'm just saying. So we'll see. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. Are you uh, are you still making content for everybody? I'm I'm. I tried to. I'm still working out a schedule and everything. No worries. You want to let everyone know where they can find you? Mixer.com slash striker 94 All right, man. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you very soon, okay? Hey, thank you. Later. Later. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Daft Venom says, I just don't want the B team working on Mass Effect again. And it's tough, right? Because they want to have the, you know, the quote, A team on for all of them. You want to have the A team on for Anthem? Absolutely. You definitely want to have the A team on for Dragon Age. And you definitely want to have the A team on for Mass Effect. These are all series that people care a lot about. Uh, well, at least they think they care about Anthem at this point. We'll see how it comes out on, on release. But, like, people really want all of these to be amazing. Uh, but anyway, Crash says, I pity the fool that puts out a bad game again. Yeah, dude, just go talk to uh, talk to Bethesda, see how they're doing. Thankfully, Casey Hudson is back. Powder Toastman says, a serious fanboy, I want either KOTOR 3 or a new Baldur's Gate. The, those would be, uh, that'd be a big deal. I, I would say that it's absolutely possible now with KOTOR especially because they're working closely with EA who owns all those licenses. So we'll see about that. I don't know about Baldur's Gate. I actually never played the first. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a remake or a remaster out of the out of the realm of possibility. Uh, and that would be more to more towards the people you know, kind of our age. Uh, that would be more appreciative of that. I'm sure that would go right over the heads of the young audience. Uh, whereas the idea of Anthem and being able to iron Iron Man yourself around this world is a little bit more appealing to someone that's a little bit younger. So we'll see. They could meet you know. That studio has almost infinite potential, and I'm very excited to see what we're going to have next. Toastman says, "Is the Old Republic MMO still going? There's your uh, stream for your new. There's your Steam for a new Kotor. That's true. I don't know if it's still on though. We have two new Baldur's Gates: Pillars of Eternity and Pillars of Eternity Two. Uh, not a bad thought. They're definitely in the same realm. It's definitely in the same uh, same style. We talked about them uh, last week. We also talked to them about them earlier today. Uh, Obsidian." coming out with their new RPG announcement at the Game Awards next Thursday. For those who missed uh, what I was talking about, just one more uh, plug for next week on Thursday, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be restreaming the Game Awards on my channel, so if you'd like to come and watch those trailers and talk about some of those announcements and awards with me, we're going to be live streaming that here on this channel next Thursday. So I'll have that on the schedule in my Discord, discord.io slash Fighter. Uh, and then we will be on Mixer, Mixer.com slash TieFighterTV as well. So make sure you come check us out. Finally, we only have one more little piece of nugget for you today. Speaking of Anthem, Bioware has announced the registration for its closed alpha test. If you guys have not yet even tried to sign up, you still can. You have a couple more days. You can go. I would just type in uh, uh, Anthem closed alpha because the registration closes on December 3rd. And then hopefully... By December 8th or 9th, you have a code, but they say it is for a limited number of people. They are choosing, you know, they have people selected and they're also taking some random people from the community as well. And it is closed. It is uh, a non-disclosure agreement. We are not allowed to stream it. You're not really allowed to talk about it. They just want people in the world to test their servers. I have already submitted that application. If you haven't already, all you got to do is go in and make an EA account and then just sign up. It was very, very easy. 
the problem was is that once they announced it yesterday on their live stream it hit the the newsreels almost immediately and the site crashed because so many people wanted to be a part of it uh daff adam says i did mine earlier i want to say it's 9 a.m to 2 p.m cst and then uh and then two to something over the next three days. So it is two days. It is Saturday and Sunday of next week. And there are two slots on each day. There is a 9 a.m. to, uh, is, I think it's 9 to 1 and 1 to 5 each day, CST. So Central Standard Time. Uh, so that would be 7 a.m. Pacific through four hours. So 11 a.m. So 7 to 11 and then 11 to 3 Pacific or uh 10 to 2 and 2 to 6 eastern on both saturday and sunday of next week jason says uh i'm not too worried about the alpha i'd rather try to more polished build in the future yeah i mean i get that some people including myself i'm just so antsy to get in there and try flying around i'm actually not even worried about the quests i'm kind of with you on the quest because i don't want to do buggy quests uh and i know 100 that none of this is going to transfer over uh uh progression wise but I just want to fly around. I just want to feel it. I just want to see it. I have a feeling by the uh, gameplay that we've experienced that it's going to run and feel a lot like Warframe. We've seen it. It's third It's third person over the shoulder. The way they've shown movement, uh, it looks a lot like Warframe moves. So we'll see. Uh, Powered Toastman says, where do we sign up? Is it just EA.com? No, it's something different. EA. It is EA.ARCSIVR.com. So I'm going to post this link in chat for you guys. You can use this. That's the link to go there. For those who are listening on podcast services around the globe, I am so sorry, but you do not get to see this link right now. I can put it in the description. If you hear this podcast before December 3rd, then you too can go and sign up. I will remind you, though, it is a closed alpha, and they are not taking nearly everyone who was signing up. So it is a very big maybe as to whether you'll be able to get it. So... That's it. I will keep you. We are allowed just like if I get in and I have not been given confirmation that I got in. I just signed up. But if you get in, you are allowed to say, according to their agreement, you're allowed to say that the alpha exists and that you are a part of it. That's it. You're not allowed to say I had fun. You're not allowed to say it was really buggy. You're not allowed to say it was super cool flying around as Iron Man until I hit this wall. No, you're not allowed to say any of that. You're allowed to say it exists and I was there. And that's all. You can't stream it. You can't record it. Take video of it take a picture on your iphone none of it they want no uh anything <laughs> so anyway guys is there any other any other stuff that i missed that you guys wanted to kind of hash out i i didn't take every news story from this week i wanted to keep it a little bit more concise this week even though we kind of rambled on about uh mass effect there for a little bit but is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about before i get going chat I just want to make sure everyone's good and happy and 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 good to go if not, we will probably sign off for the day. Don't forget, I'm actually not streaming any games tonight. This is going to be it for me. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with Mrs. Y-Fighter before, uh, before we do a big stream tomorrow on Saturday with myself and Mr. Teej, Big Daddy Teej himself. We're going to be streaming Destiny uh, for a good chunk of the day uh, just to get ready for the release of Black Armory on Tuesday of next week, followed by the raid on Friday of next week. It's going to be great. Crash, did we get you confirmed? for tomorrow or for, for tomorrow because if so i'm freaking excited uh charlotte i don't know if he did he uh he told me to call him after after uh 
my stream yesterday and it didn't work out. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off the podcast for now. I'm just gonna close the recording down so we can get all those podcast people out the door. You guys are great. Thank you for everyone listening on podcast services around the globe. If you missed this stream, if you missed being a part of this, make sure you tune in to mixer.com slash TIE Fighter TV weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We do this show two to three times a week, depending on how awesome the week is. Uh and there you go. Don't forget, Thursday of next week, that is Thursday, December 6th, we're going to be doing a live stream of the Game Awards here on Mixer.com slash Fighter. That starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to probably be on an hour before that playing games. And then we're going to live stream it together. We're going to talk about it. We're going to watch it. We're going to experience it together. And it's going to be a good time. So make sure you come in and check us out. Uh, until then, guys, thank you so much. That is going to be it for the podcast recording today. Uh, so thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.